This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, your host on Diversity Bites, the program for everybody who understands the challenges inherent in creating a more diverse workforce. Join us as we explore the strategies and mindsets needed to transcend statistics, increase belonging, and unlock higher performance. Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, creator of the Everybody Thrives program, which is for companies looking to unlock the full power of all their people. I'm not sure why, but I guess this is the week where I just kind of talk about controversial things at the risk of offending people. Um, apologies if anyone's offended. I'm doing a daily episode, so it's going to be 262 episodes over the course of the year. So if I don't get some of them wrong, then I'm probably not trying hard enough. So in any case, I um, just wanted to share something with you, you know, at the risk of people disagreeing, um, because I think it's important to, you know, put this thought out there and for people to think about it, especially those who may not have thought about it before or, you know, think that, you know, sort of the opposite thought is, you know, the only way to think about it. So I um, just want to start off with uh, an experience I had that informed this a little bit. Um, I was watching uh, this ESPN series called uh, 40 for 40, and this one was called Broke. And it was about how a lot of NFL football players, maybe surprisingly to the general public, uh, ended up broke, right? After having these multi-million dollar contracts and, you know, becoming very successful. And we're talking about like a lot of star players too, right? Not just, you know, journeyman type players, um, ended up broke. Um, and it wasn't um, specifically geared towards one race or another. You know, you had, you know, um, you know, white players as well as black players, you know, all sorts of players. But it was just this concept of how someone who, you know, signs a contract making millions of dollars of years um, can end up broke. So that's the way I and probably a lot of people sort of went into it thinking like, wow, this is really amazing. Like, how did that happen? Was there something like especially, you know, challenging or wrong with that person that, that this happened? And an interesting thing happens. It's a really well done program. Um, if you're into sports and haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, what you can see is these players faced so many challenges. It wasn't just one thing. It wasn't just that they weren't educated in finance, which a lot of them weren't. It wasn't that, you know, they just came into the league quite young um, and, you know, weren't mature enough, which, you know, was a lot of them, but wasn't all of them. Um, it wasn't just that they had poor money managers or corrupt money managers, which was also a challenge that a lot of them had. It wasn't that um, maybe they got married and had too many divorces, so now they're paying a lot of, you know, alimony uh, type payments and settlements so all the money that they were making is now gone it wasn't just that they had health problems and when they weren't covered in insurance you know the health bills were astronomical for a former football player to you know deal with with all the injuries um, you know now that they're not covered by insurance and you know it was just one challenge after another and you saw how so many of these players i think another one was like bad business investments you know like buying a car wash or a restaurant and they know nothing about it and then that goes under um, and there was always like shady dealings you know hangers on you know people stealing money for them or guilting them into giving them money um you know uh, especially like you know former friends um that they really you know cared about 
took advantage of that and was like, oh, you know, if you really cared about me, you know, you'd invest in my business or you'd give me this money or you'd help me pay off my car loan or something like that. So all those things after a while, I was like, wow, how did any of these NF players actually end up with any money at the end of the day? So it kind of like flipped it, you know, on, on its head. Um, and the reason why I, you know, bring this up is, you know, a lot of people have this perspective that, you know, oh, we don't need interventions or special programs for underrepresented professionals. And they point to, you know, a handful of CEOs who've made it who are like Indian or black and think, look, you can make it. We don't need special programs. It's sort of favoritism to have special programs for underrepresented professionals because it excludes whites and, you know, other people who aren't underrepresented. And, you know, I would challenge that, uh, you know, in a similar vein of, taking a look at all the challenges that still exist today and not just using anecdotal evidence to you know, show that, okay, there is some progress or one person made it to the top, which means everyone else isn't experiencing a problem. So, you know, a couple um, things that, you know, are still experienced and I anticipate will still be experienced for a long time is lower pay, right? Especially if you're a woman and probably worst off for you if you're an African-American woman, they will traditionally be offered less uh, and will get less in terms of pay, which has a knock-on effect in terms of how they can support their family, their financial security, and their ability to take risks because you're not able to save as much uh, and take more risks moving forward. And that can really hurt your advancement in your career. There's exclusion from networks, right? Intentional or otherwise. You know, you come into an organization and you're sort of excluded from networks where you know other people are naturally welcomed into and you know even when you are invited or are able to join those networks you are excluded um, sort of uh, not in terms of your presence but in terms of how you're treated and how you're made to feel welcome this next one i think is super important and you know maybe there isn't enough emphasis on this your access and the comfort level of mentors and sponsors available to you right so for the foreseeable future, underrepresented professionals aren't going to have a lot of mentors who look or are like them at leadership levels. And we can't all be scrambling for the one or two who are like us because, you know, they have a career too and they can't represent everyone in the organization who's like them. It's not fair to them. And frankly, you know, sometimes it may be better for you to have a, a mentor or sponsor who's not like you because of their position, because of their experience. It may actually be much more powerful for you to be aligned with someone who maybe doesn't look like you or doesn't have the same sort of background as you. However, if those mentors and sponsors don't feel comfortable with you and aren't approaching you and instead they're approaching people who they do feel comfortable with or, you know, are attracted to, you know, I don't mean from a romantic standpoint, I mean from, you know, a human being standpoint because there's something I just feel, you know, comfortable with you because you're like me and you grew up around me and you kind of look like my cousin kind of thing, right? Not even talking about yet bias, right? Conscious and unconscious that still exists. Favoritism that can exist because there's not going to be a lot of favoritism towards underrepresented professionals because there aren't a lot of people in positions to favor, favor us, right? So I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but, you know, any sort of favoritism is not going our way, right? Uh, in addition, there may be, you know, societal and organizational lenses, right, where you're just not viewed as leadership material. It's called implicit leadership bias, right? We all have a view 
of what a leader looks like, right? They look like Tom Brady. I call it the Tom Brady, pro uh, Tom Brady problem. You know, you have someone in a conference room and you're pitching and it's you and someone who looks like Tom Brady. Who do they have more confidence in just naturally, right? Before either of you say anything, like who do people expect to be the leader? The, the Tom Brady looking guy, right? And, you know, I haven't even touched on yet, you know, white supremacist views, right? Where, you know, by that I mean that there's this underlying societal thing where, you know, um, whites are considered, you know, somehow superior, right? So, you know, that still exists very much today. And I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, before civil rights. I'm just saying that still pervades so much of society, uh, you know, today uh, in terms of, you know, oh, you know, that person got the position and, you know, because they're not white, they think, oh, you know, that must have been some sort of diversity higher. Well, no one asked the question. Have you ever thought about this? No one asked the question. Maybe the being hired, you know, as a white person is a white supremacist hire, right? You get you got the position because you're white, and other people who are not white weren't able to compete, um, you know, fairly against you because their resumes aren't even getting reviewed. Um, they're not even given a chance to compete against you. But no one ever has that thought, right? No, like, oh, that's a white supremacist hire. No one ever has that thought because in our society, that's not the way we're set up. We're set up to think that, you know, oh, you know, the white people who are hired, it's because they had the education and because, you know, they worked hard to do it and, and they're qualified and, oh, all of a sudden a non-white person walks in and immediately they're questioned. Even when, in many instances, they may have worked harder, not always, but they may have worked harder and they may have better credentials and better experience. But why do we automatically question that, right? So that's part of the problem at all. So, problem as well. So after a while, you start to see that how do any underrepresented professionals fulfill their full potential? How do they advance with all of these barriers and roadblocks against them? And this is why I would argue until society changes, so this white supremacy is no longer a prevailing sentiment in society, culture, and in people's hearts, until the people in power reflect the diversity in person and in mind that we have in the world, we will always need special programs to help underrepresented professionals get even and certainly to advance. So I think I ran a little bit long uh, in this episode. Apologies, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. Uh, but one last thing, you know, I'll, I'll challenge you. You know, if if you don't really agree with this, right? And if you think everything's so fair in this world, I challenge you to take a really um, hard look, not at yourself, but take a really hard look at someone maybe who I've described who may still have these challenges and get to know them a little bit, right? Don't go and ask them like, hey, have you, has, have you had a fair shake? You know, actually get to know them like really well and understand their story and just see, you know, indirectly, um, that there may be challenges in there and obstacles that, you know, they um, had that you never thought of or never realized were there for them. And if you get a trusting relationship with them, they may even share, you know, with you honestly that, hey, you know, it's been really hard and I'm still experiencing these problems. But do not go up to them and expect them to reveal to you, you know, all the problems of racism and bias, because frankly, you know, that's very 
uncomfortable and it's a little bit offensive, right? Like I'm not here to tell you my life story just because you asked me and you're curious, right? If I don't trust you, if I don't have that relationship with you, it may be a private matter that I want to reveal to people that I trust. Well, thanks for joining us on Diversity Bites. If uh, you want to help, please leave a review or share this episode with just one friend. Support the show and help us grow. My name is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember, when it comes to higher performance, diversity bites, belonging delights.